I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Are we going legal on this? I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo, Sam Bonson. We're live here on a Wednesday talking all things NFL here, Sam. Yep. In the, uh, well, it's not frigid conditions in the studio, but generally the outside is frigid. I wasn't planning on wearing this hoodie. I was uh, like, I was going to wear this, but it's, it's cold. I got layers on. I kept Five the, degrees outside. Forgot to take off the top layer because it's still cold. Yeah, that's cold to most of us, but our listener in Antarctica. Yeah. Not cold to him. It's probably a lot colder. Well, it's warmer there. It's, uh, Summertime over there, you say. Oh, that's true. In the well, south. What's, what's the summer in Antarctica? Probably, probably eight. <laughs> what's it? Hey, Siri, what's the temperature in Antarctica right now? Oh, Siri's going to answer me. It, it's minus, 30, minus 23 Fahrenheit, so it's still cold. Oh, right yeah. Now. It's warmed up a little yeah. bit there. That's good. That's good for Antarctica. Um, so, yeah, we got, we're going to fudge show here today. I didn't know we were doing this, but I see it in the title. We're going hmm. to ex- respond to J.J. Uh, Watt. Hopefully not extensively. Um, the C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love grade. I mean, it's a good, it's good uh, analysis here because they had a near identical stat line. Why would their PFF grade be different? Yeah. So we could take a look at that. I bet. I think their QBR was having, very different too. Having already done that on Monday. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do it specifically. We didn't attack it directly. No, but we did. You know, <laughs> we did specifically contrast. Hey, this, you know, this performance was very different to the other performance, even though the numbers are quite similar. And then we can discuss uh, brothers in media because uh, JJ, I mean, JJ's campaigning for TJ Watt to be like uh-huh. MVP, much like David Carr has done for Derek Carr in the past. Yeah. And I think we just, I, I think we just need to, you know, shut that down. Huh. Brothers in media cannot be declaring that their brother is the MVP. Can't be doing that anymore. I you're mean, not, a, you're not an unbiased media member. I feel like you can do it, but it's a fairly obvious, you know, evaluate the source thing here. Like, if you can't see some bias at work there, then I can't really help you. Derek Carr is the most valuable human in the world, per David Carr. Yeah. Just saying. Um, and then we'll, so this is our fan bet review show. Yeah, we've well, done a terrible job this season of like keeping people up to date with how the bets were going. Um, if you listened earlier in the year, preseason, uh, last year, I suppose. Um, we, had, we took a whole bunch of fan bets. We had a load come in, and then we had a bunch of last-minute ones come in. I think we ended up with something like 59 different bets in progress over the year. Us versus the fans. Some people put coffee on the line. That was appreciated. Some person put a tattoo on the line. Um, most others were just playing for the respect and chance to win a free PFF Plus subscription. Uh, either way, almost all of the results are in. There were a couple that are still potentially uh, to be determined, though I think they're likely to go in one direction. Uh, and then there's two that I need you to work on in terms of, because they're related to our picks. I suspect we lost both of those, but I need confirmation. Oh, I need to, yeah. We get to add <laughs> up the picks for the year and the whole yeah. thing. Okay. I need your pick versus mine, and then I need to confirm that your child beat, beat us. Oh, yeah, i got to find Harry's pick. Harry was sporadic. Again, you know, got grounded for two weeks from football, so it's like he'll have a different total Mm. But he's got his uh, 
He's got his game. He's already we itching can, to get this week's picks in. We have to give him the win percentage. I feel percentage, like I yeah. feel like it would be petty to take a, a no, technical so, victory if, in fact, we have more wins than him because no, he's grounded. That's what I'm trying to it's say. Also, It'll that would have been open. Based. Yeah, that would have been open to manipulation as well. You know, like what the kids getting a bit too close to us, grounded for two weeks. I'm not saying that he did that. Happened. I don't know. You're banned from football. He was so sad those couple of weeks. He <laughs> could not sit with me and watch the nine games at a time and the whole thing. He was very sad. But uh, lesson learned. Mm. Lesson learned for Harry. All right. You want to get into this? Um, let's get into this explain the grade deal. Okay. So what happened? Why are we explaining this? Well, uh, okay. Well, let's – so the main account, as, as so often gets us into trouble. <laughs> the main PFF never account. Never tweet. Hashtag never tweet. Yeah. Put out a tweet uh, that was essentially just the best graded quarterback performances of wildcard weekend. Uh, where is it? Here it is. So highest graded quarterbacks, wildcard weekend. Jordan Love, 92.5. Matthew Stafford, 88.5. Josh Allen, 88.0. Patrick Mahomes, 88.0. Which, of course, omits the C.J. Stroud performance that was so impressive statistically. So J.J. Watt. Uh, retweeted that. Now I've muted that conversation, so I need to find J.J. Watts. There, there it is. This is what happens when you try and grade football players with an algorithm. Dot, 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 dot. dot. C.J. Stroud's performance was, quote-unquote, graded a 77.8. And people treat this shit as gospel and then facepalm emoji. So essentially, J.J. Watt is like, well, this is what happens when the computer spits out a grade. This is, this is dumb. This is wrong. These people are idiots. And people treat it like it's gospel. JJ. So that's his point. Uh, I replied to him saying, look, it's the fact that you think it's an algorithm kind of suggests you don't know anything about it. So maybe, maybe ask some questions before just firing off you know, tweets into the ether. Now, it's JJ Watt. He's quite popular. People didn't, didn't take that particularly well. So I have subsequently muted that entire conversation. Oh, um, you were getting attacked? Yeah. We made you, JJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we made you. That was a joke. That was not serious. He's joking. Just joking. You, had, you, you were the one who had 20-plus sacks in a yeah. year. He did, however, quite like the PFF data when it was saying, hey, J.J. Watt's getting a ton of pressures and you know, has an amazing grade. There were several tweets in the man's history where it's like, look at this. I'm great. You know? But now it goes against what you believe, so you don't like the grading and, in fact, don't know what it is because you think it's just an algorithm spitting out data from a – you know, from, from stats. We didn't make J.J. Watt, certainly not. But the, uh, the grades always loved J.J. Watt. Not just sure. the sacks and the pressures and everything, but we always graded him well as a run defender. And, um, you know, to the point where when we, when we converted it to a 0-100 to 100 grade, we had to consider the fact that J.J. Watt's grades were so far break high and above everyone else, we didn't know how to properly account. We had to discuss how to properly account yeah. for that when throwing it onto a new scale back in about 2015 or so. So we've got a, a history of loving J.J. Watt and his grading and the whole thing. Um, the stat line for the, this is why it's this is why it's under fire, Sam. Yeah. Because they had a near identical stat line. Jordan mm-hmm. Love and C.J. Stroud, both 16 of 21. Mm-hmm. Two-yard difference. Yep. Love, 272. Stroud, 274. Both had three touchdowns. Both had zero interceptions. Both had the exact passer rating of 157.2 and then the pff grade is going to be different passing grade for love of 91.8 and for stroud 77.5 so what are the differences here i think the biggest the biggest differences would be starting with cj stroud had a turnover worthy play in there jordan love did not Mm -hmm. we had a dropped interception pretty bad decision by stroud i think it was early in the game you can double check 
um, threw into double coverage. Yes. That's the first thing. They also they both had two big time throws, so there's not a right. a huge difference there. I would say that the biggest difference is uh, Stroud's two of Stroud's three touchdowns were, you know, beyond his control. We had a screen pass, and we had a 76, 77 yard touchdown on a you know wide open pass in the flat. I think that's the those are the yeah. I mean, that's the easiest explanation. The two just think of the Brevin, biggest discrepancies. Yeah, there. Just think of the Brevin Jordan touchdown, right? Like that play alone. Forget everything else for a second. Just think of that one play. That is massively uh, impacting C.J. Stroud's overall statistical output from this game and. It was just Brevin Jordan outrunning the defense. For, what was for what was score. the final on? What was the yardage on that? Do you have seventy six? So seventy six. His only catch of the game. One for one, seventy six yards and a touchdown. He caught a ball, outran the entire defense as a tight end, uh, and put a touchdown on the board. So one sort of difference between the two is yards after the catch. They there's like a 60, 70 yard difference in yards after the catch between the two performances, and that was not one of those plays where you're like. Look, quarterback determines yards after the catch with ball placement and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that was a, an expected routine pass that Brevin Jordan then did some pretty special things after the catch with. So I'm just going to, you know, I, I do this a lot just to paint a picture, right? Just to paint the picture. Let's pretend that pass, and, you know, PFF's grading what ifs. Let's pretend that pass goes for 10 yards. Right. Because him running through the defense had far more to do with the defense. And this, let me, I want to answer the adjusting for competition thing too. I want to, I want to answer that in a minute because people, we, a lot of people have asked that question, adjusting for competition, because I think it's kind of baked in here, right? So let's just pretend that pass goes for 10 yards instead of 76. It would change and CJ Stroud gets the interception. It's not dropped. It's actually an interception. We're just going to, we're just going to flip two plays out of 21 for CJ Stroud. His stat line goes to 16 of 21 still. 210 yards instead of 270 whatever two touchdowns instead of three and then one interception instead of zero that drops his passer rating from 157 to 119 still really good right but those two plays for Stroud that happened where we're just like looking at the throw and the decision and saying what does that deserve what does that earn don't care what the result is what does that earn change the results of those two plays just a little bit Passer rating drops from 157 to 119. We're not having this discussion. Now, I want to also say, I'm also not like less impressed by CJ Stroud. I'm not looking at his 77 grade being like, oh man, that wasn't, it was just a pretty good performance by CJ Stroud. In his first playoff performance, he was unbelievable. It's a good he was rate. outstanding. He I had mean, so much good yeah. in there, but there was also these two hidden plays. Right. One that he got away with, one where the Browns defense was trash and Brevin Jordan was awesome. That helped the perception, that helped the narrative, that led to J.J. Watt saying, oh, same stat line, but different grades, you idiots. That's why that all happened. Yeah, it, it was a good grade. It was a good performance from C.J. Stroud. That Brevin Jordan play, that should have gained about 12 yards. If you look at the play, number one, it's completely uncovered. The Browns drop coverage on it entirely. Uh, it's not the kind of play where the quarterback's throw location determines yards after the catch. Actually, he made Brevin Jordan... He didn't make it. Jordan turned around to catch it facing uh, Stroud and then had to turn back around, run down the field. And then two different Browns defenders are converging on him on the sideline, about to push him out for about a 12-yard gain, right? Instead, 
He just cuts back inside those two guys and then runs another 45 yards. No, 65 yards uh, into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, that is a massive swing in this play, right? Um, for, for something that was completely not, nothing to do with C.J. Stroud, essentially. But from that point on, you know, this is why the nerds use those expected models. The expected yardage on that, that play would have been like 12, right? And then Brevin Jordan makes that cut and then uses speed and turns 12 into 76 or whatever I said it was. So Stroud gets credit for that statistically, that extra, that extra yardage. So he gets 64 additional yards and a touchdown for nothing, for doing nothing on that play. That was a Brevin Jordan play, not a C.J. Stroud play. And look, the argument is always, well, this happens to everybody. And it does. It happens to every quarterback in the NFL. But the, the question is how often and when you, what in this specific scenario, because it doesn't even itself out every game. Right. It doesn't even itself out every drive. There are swings to this. So... It happened to Stroud there. Did it happen to Jordan Love in the game to the same extent? And the answer is no. I mean, the the biggest driver is the the biggest driver of the difference in the grade is going to be the the turnover worthy play. Yeah, because it was it was a bad one. It was really lowly graded. Um, and just I mean, so it was a misread. The safety should have picked it off. Yeah, the corner had a chance to pick it off. I mean, that that was the biggest thing. Um, and then Gordon, you know, drew up their their stat difference. Um, beyond the sticks so targets that would have gained a first yard, first down at the catch point forget the yards after the catch stuff uh jordan love went nine for 11 with all three touchdowns being beyond the stakes no turnover plays stroud went five for 11 uh only one of his touchdowns was beyond the, the sticks and then that turnover play in there as well so on and, and even is, that skewed a little bit too because love had he had the wide open coverage right. bus to luke musgrave um but what is generally the sort of you know that play obviously is an exception, but what are what are generally the bigger impact, more difficult you know throws? The throws that are going to get you some grading because they're moving the chains, they're having a much more positive impact in the offense and EPA, all those kinds of things. Those were tilted more in Jordan Love's favor than they were uh, C.J. Stroud's on the same number of attempts. Um, one more play I'm going to add to this. So the the 76 yarder that Stroud did have, he had a chance to have about a 60-yard touchdown that he missed. He had a, a receiver 10 yards behind the defense and overthrew him, threw the ball far. <laughs> that was a 58-yard pass from the line of scrimmage. He overthrew. He should have had another 60-yard touchdown. So when we, were, um, when we were talking about the scheme in the Texans' receivers, they had receivers behind the defense often in this one or running through the defense. It was a bad defensive performance by the Browns. And that's what I wanted to discuss too because we had a lot of people say, ask us about Dak Prescott's grade and Tua's grades and the fact that they graded really well and why don't you adjust for competition? And I answer this like multiple times a year, but I think it's important to reiterate. I think there are elements of the competition being adjusted for within the grading. The Brevin Jordan example being the fact that C.J. Stroud got a 76-yard touchdown for something that he didn't necessarily earn. So I think a lot of times you see the stats and you see the grades and baked into that is the defensive performance. Now, the other part of that is I don't know that you – I don't think it's bad to have a grade that's not adjusted for the defense. I think you just have to tell the story after the fact. So the idea that Dak Prescott graded at 92 against bad teams and 74 against good teams, I think it's okay to just not adjust for the competition for the actual grading of it or tweak the grades for it, but just go after the fact and say, okay, here, here are the facts. 
you know, here's what we've seen. We've seen better grades against bad teams and worse grades against good teams. That tells a similar story, even if it's not rolled into the actual grade, you can add the context it whichever way you want. So I think there's elements of the competition adjustment baked in there, whereas something like ESPN's QBR, what I they, they adjust for competition. I think there's um, some good with that, but what you have is a, a lot of times is a, so a quarterback has a game in like week one and you think it's great, or it's like a, a guy has a good game against the Eagles early in the season. And, and, and as you get more information about the Eagles or the Eagles start playing worse, you go back and say, well, back in week three, I guess that game wasn't that good. But it was. Like, it doesn't change the performance in week three just because you think that the Eagles are worse later in the season and that they've started to become terrible. So I don't, I, I don't like it because teams play at different levels at different times and going back and saying, oh, we thought this guy was really good in week two, but oh, now we know in week 18 that it was a bad team. So it uh, changes his week two performance. Right. Or there were different players on the field, right? Usually the team adjustments don't account for, well, they had seven players. Like the Dolphins defense that Mahomes played the other day was not the same Dolphins defense that was playing in week 10 or week 12. So adjusting for competition, I think, is this like always moving target because what do you do, you do it at the team level? Do you do it based off the exact players who are on the field? Yeah. There's so many other variables there that I think it comes out in the wash. Even the just think, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily comes out in the wash, but I think it's True. Yeah, I, that's the wrong way to say it, sorry. Not, right. not comes out in the wash, but go ahead. But I think it's definitely something that we prefer to leave to somebody to individually determine how much they should impact it. Because, like, for one thing, like, think about it, even just one the player level, right? Let's say, um, you know, any elite pass rusher, he goes up against a left tackle. Now, all right. Let's adjust for that left tackle, right? So let's say somebody goes up against Trent Williams, right? Trent Williams, the best left tackle in the NFL. We adjust this grade by this amount. What happens if that guy destroys Trent Williams in the game? Now Trent Williams, the adjustment you're going to make for Trent Williams just changed because his overall grade just, you know, his overall, the body of work for Trent Williams is now different because that guy just changed it, right? So now do you adjust it more because he just beat up on Trent Williams? Do you adjust it only up until that guy played Trent Williams? Like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know that there's a right answer to that. And I don't mean like I'm not math smart enough to make that work. I mean, I don't know that there's an answer to how that should function, as in what's the theory for how that should work? Should you only adjust up until the point this player plays that guy? Does his performance against that guy affect every previous grade that that guy or every previous adjustment that you made for that player because the body of work is now different the whole thing is a an absolute minefield of chaos i think you're way better off saying we're not adjusting for competition there's no correct way of doing that so you individually determine how much to adjust for the fact that he played trent yeah. williams and you know all these other players you figure it out because you're going to have a different opinion to you to you to you it's a different number for every person have at it make your own adjustment i mean i'll, I'll... I'll say, I'll say it a different way, too. The Browns' defense going into that game had great stats. And so you could say C.J. Stroud did this against a great Browns' defense that had, you know, the EPA per play was best or second best in the league. The Browns' defense was doing great things this year. On Saturday, was the Browns' defense good? Now, was that because of C.J. Stroud? Was it because of the play calling? Was it because of the playmakers? Whatever the reason... The Browns' defense was terrible on Saturday. No matter what happened in the previous 17 games, they were terrible. 
they had receiver. They, they didn't tackle on a wide receiver screen. They let a guy run through the defense for 76 yards. They had a wide-open receiver that should have been another 60-yarder. They had a wide-open Nico Collins. One of Stroud's better throws was under pressure getting back to Nico Collins, who, again, they made the catch. The throw was off a little bit because Stroud was getting hit. He made the catch, but that could have been another like 40-yard touchdown in there. The Browns' defense was terrible. So how much, tell me how much the previous 17 games matter do you actually say, well, that was against a great Browns defense, it's more impressive? Or on that particular day, you could look at it and say, well, the defense was, was horrible. It doesn't matter how good they were previously. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, look, somebody said you should have J.J. Watt on the podcast. We are open to it. You said maybe he's not looking to have a, comp- you know, a conversation. We'll see, I mean, we'll see him at the Super Bowl or something. Come on, join the podcast. Happy to have a chat with JJ. JJ Watt's one of the greatest players that's ever played this game. Um, I would imagine he knows as much about football as anybody that's ever been on this show. And if Watt is interested in talking about how PFF grading works or even having a debate about, you know, where we're, where we don't get it right, where he thinks it could be better, any of these things, only too happy to have JJ Watt on the podcast anytime he wants to talk through it. But that tweet suggested to me J.J. Watt is not interested in an actual conversation about that. J.J. Watt just wanted to bloviate about a grade he didn't like, which is generally how a lot of this works. That is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if the grade's good for me or my Right. Uh, I'll retweet it and talk about it and engage with it. Yeah. If it goes against something I believe, I'm going to say it sucks and these guys are just nerds sitting at a computer and they don't know what they're doing. So that was the tone of his tweet. If he, in fact, wants to engage and discuss it and, you know, get something productive out of it, Welcome anytime he wants, but I very much doubt that's the case. <sighs> These conversations are getting me tired, Sam. They're getting me tired. Mm-hmm. Is 2024, though, bringing exciting and unexpected changes to your life? Maybe. Here's a secret weapon to help you face those challenges with more confidence. A great term life insurance policy. That's right. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family is protected if something else unexpected happens. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget, like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash pffnfl. That's meetfabric.com slash PFFNFL. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash PFFNFL. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting health questions. And then to my prior point. <laughs> smooth, smooth transition. I don't think brothers can uh, ah, yeah. properly analyze their brothers. No, I don't imagine they can. I would imagine brothers are amongst the most biased sources of information you can find when it comes to football. The only person, unless it's Aaron Rodgers. Unless I'm it's sure Aaron Rodgers. Aaron would give a proper assessment of Jordan. I don't know that that's true. I think the bias, would, would, it would yeah, be the other way. The bias would just work in ah, a different okay. direction. Yeah, so let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even, uh, I'll respond to Donnie in the chat. This isn't even claiming that PFF system is perfect. This isn't even a perfection no. thing. It's like, all I'll say is that we are, we're the consistent ones, I'll say, right? So we're just consistent with it. The, the bias is coming from everyone criticizing the system because they think 
they 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 saw something different or they want something you know they want it's Stroud no, and Love like, they thought Stroud and Love were the same because the stats were the same like we're actually just consistent there's a no it's it's an absolute no win proposition for us right if you engage with it and say you know here's why the grading is what it is the answer is what Donnie just said oh PFF acts like their system is perfect and like number one I don't think we do that we talk all the time about potential flaws or issues or anything like we I think we're fairly open on where blind spots in grading can be and where we might not be taken into account of something for example strength of competition like we just talked about right that is absolutely an omission in the grading now it's an omission by design for a reason we just talked about but it means that the grading can't just be taken as player x has a higher grade than player y therefore player x was better than player y if player x ran a gauntlet of nightmare opposition and player y didn't those grades are going to be off right we acknowledge that and that's why we say sometimes that the like our all pro team is not just the top graded player at every position for specifically that kind of reason right so I don't think we do do that for a start. But as soon as you start to try and justify the grading or why it might be in this, in this direction, it's like, oh, man, PFF, they can't acknowledge they're failing. They're always just defending it. They're always acting like they're right. Everyone else is wrong. Just trying to explain why. We're All just I did to last yeah. night when I replied to him is like, if you're just saying, you know, this is what happens when an algorithm grades things, you don't understand what the grading is. So you're just taking a shot at nothing. Like this is not a, it's not a valid argument. Now, if you want to have a valid argument, we can sit down and talk through it. But your tweet demonstrated that you don't actually know what you're criticizing, right? That was my only problem with it. J.J. Watt knows more football than either of us. But this is not a football conversation. This is a grading question. I believe that great. Like, I'm pretty sure from his tweet, J.J. Watt believes that a bunch of stats just get fed into a computer and grade X pops out for C.J. Stroud. Clearly, that's not what happens. So what he's saying just doesn't make any sense. Now, let's get the hell out of this conversation because it's awful. <laughs> Done with it. All right. Get no more use for this conversation. On to the bets. Explain what we've done here. Okay. Well, we had a bunch of bets come in earlier in the, uh, early in the year. Again, last year. Uh, people betting things that would happen. We took the bets based off the idea that we don't believe any of them are going to happen. And some of them did happen. We were wrong. Look at that scoreboard, though. We were we right a lot more than we were wrong, but we were wrong. And some of the ways we were wrong were painful for certain people. <laughs> so similar to last year, there were a lot, of, a lot of bets that came in about Geno Smith. Yes. And how Geno Smith was going to outperform expectations. And we took all those. Of course, we'll take those. Of course, Geno Smith isn't going to be all that good. And he was. And mm. those were the ones that we lost the most. This year, it was a lot more Jordan Love driven. Yeah. So anyone that would bet big on Jordan Love, generally speaking, won their bet. All right, you want to go through them? Okay. Uh, Darren ooh, Futia said Minnesota will finish at least three wins above Detroit, and Detroit misses the playoffs. Uh, Neither one of those things happened. Do we have a buzzer? We don't. Did we, we do this last you year? You did a pretty good job of it, so I think you are I am now, not buzzering. You are now the buzzer. I'm now, not going to buzzer all 46 losses. The controversy comes with our second bet. Uh, Zach Young said Tua would be the highest-graded quarterback in the NFL, and New Zealand would beat Ireland in the quarterfinal of the Rugby World Cup. Well, one of those right. things definitively happened. Ireland lost to New Zealand in the quarterfinal of the World Cup again. Now, Tua was not the highest-graded overall quarterback in the NFL, but he was the highest-graded passing grade in the NFL. I and feel like that's close enough that we can give it to him, particularly because if we don't, it feels like I'm being bitter about the New Zealand loss uh, yeah. that I'm definitely bitter about. I mean, I— 
the other thing too is I, our grades default to include the playoffs. I think because it's a grade, not I a only cumulative looked at stat. Regular season. So so theoretically, the season's still happening. Yeah. However, I think we give this to Zach Young. This is a this was a bold, a bold prediction. Uh-huh. It's at least in the ballpark. Yeah. And, and plus, it brings back bad memories for you. Very bad memories. So yes. we're. Uh, yeah. So I'm in. Great. On, uh, Perfect. There's another one of those later. Don't worry. We get, we get to bracket the entire thing with uh, painful Rugby World Cup memories. Um, Larry Wilson said the 49ers will miss the playoffs. Uh, and a lot of stuff about drafting and blah, blah. Didn't yeah. happen. Also mentioned Dallas figuring out Purdy. Yeah. Didn't happen either. Uh, John Lawson, Buffalo and Philadelphia both failed to win the division. Uh, yada, yada. Neither one of those things. No, one of them happened. Philly did fail. Buffalo got back with that last game against he, Miami. Well, he said for a bonus, one misses the playoffs. Yeah, that didn't happen. Also, it didn't happen, yeah. And we sort of said that I think you need the bonus for that because one of them not winning the division was entirely plausible. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Matt Anderson, Buffalo misses the playoffs. Again, didn't happen. Um, a lot of Buffalo hate. Yeah. That didn't, that didn't uh, happen. Bogeyman245. Brown's defense leads the NFL in points per game, which I think happened, right? They win 12 games. They only won 11, and they, they were not up there in points per game. No. Okay, and they go to the AFC Championship game. So, a lot of close. I mean, a lot of right in the ballpark decent. things, but yeah. no. Uh, Dave, whoever the hell Dave is, the Patriots will win five or fewer games this year. Well, they won they four. Won four. So yeah, Dave Good wins. Job, Dave. Uh, Jacob Donnelly, the Browns will win the Super Bowl. That's the one that we determined was Tyler's burner. Uh, <laughs> And he'll buy a lawnmower 4.0. He was the guy that said that was asking for the promo code. Oh, yeah, he emailed us looking for the promo code because yeah. he's, he's picking up a lawnmower so, from Manscaped. Chalk one up for Manscaped. We've got a lawnmower 4.0 on the way. Uh, Ryan Kinsey said that Sam Howell will be a top 12 quarterback. It doesn't really matter which statistic you look at. In he, the NFC East. Yeah, maybe. then maybe. But anything other than that, he's not a top 12 quarterback. Uh Lawton Bauer said either Rodgers will have a worse PFF. I basically said that Rodgers lasted five snaps, so he loses. Uh, basically said that Ritter. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Rodgers did have a lower grade than Ritter, didn't he? Based off five snaps where he attempted like a pass. Lawton Bauer was onto something. You think? Where was Rodgers' actual grade by the end of this? I bet they were similar. I mean, Rodgers had a he had a negative. He took. I think he got a Aaron Rodgers had a 39.4 grade based off yeah, one, that's, based that's off a, one attempt. It's a little lower than Ritter. I think we have to give this. Whereas you think we have to give this, even though Desmond Ritter played 440 dropbacks for his 51.9 grade. I don't think that that can count. I mean, Rodgers had just as much opportunity to. I feel like know. it's a void. It's not a win for us, but it's a void. It can't a void. Yeah, like oh. the guy lasted four snaps. The bet's off. All right. I, I'm, I'm happy to take it off the victory board, but I don't feel that that counts as a win. I don't feel like it can. It's not against, it's not against the spirit. The, the bookies, every sports book out there would be like, that bet's off. We're not, you know, it's, it's off the board. It doesn't count. No, that's fair. Okay, well, that, that's a fair enough standard. Yeah. Uh, Alex Lolos, the Vikings will win five or fewer games. Uh, that didn't happen. It was looking good when they were, what, 0-3? Yeah, for a while it looked good. Uh, John Kilcoyne that Kenny Pickett will be in the top 10 and Pittsburgh will make the AFC Championship game. Neither one of those things happened. There you go. Uh, Yosef Kaufman, Derek Carr, will grade better than Justin Herbert. It ended Carr, up, Carr made a late push. Yeah, it ended up closer than it, it looked for most of the season, but still no. Uh, oh, man, this was 
you could have just replaced Carolina with Houston and maybe you would have had it here. Yeah. Sage Carter, Carolina, wins 11 or more games, makes the playoffs, and Bryce Young is rookie of the year. Any of the three, uh, and he'll take either the first two, he says. Now, oh, he says this is... he would get a, a podcast, a tattoo of the podcast if he loses, and he lost hard. So, where are you, Sage? We're going to need some. Still listening? <laughs> some photographic evidence of that, I think. He didn't say where he'd get the tattoo. Well, he also, it's difficult. Sometimes, like, getting a tattoo as a forfeit means more to some people than other people. You know what I mean? I don't have any tattoos. It would be a fairly significant step for me to get a tattoo if I lost a bet. Other people have all kinds of crap tattooed on them and just one more thing. You just kind of, like, carve it into the sleeve or yeah, something. Like yeah, like one more thing thrown in there. What does it matter? Like, you know what I mean? So maybe he's one of those people. I don't know. But if he is, you know like us, then that was a fairly significant loss for, for, uh, for Sage. Um, Simon Liang, the barbarian. Dennis Gardeck will have 10-plus sacks. Looked we good were, for a couple of weeks. We were rooting for that one all year. That was yeah. the one we checked in on right. every Monday. Unfortunately, only six for the season. Four of which were right came in the first few weeks of the season and then just stopped getting sacks for the rest of the year. He wasn't used to playing a full season as a starter. That's true. Now, here where we start to run off the rails, uh, Andrew Walters. Green Bay will have a better record than the New York Jets. Nailed it. That seemed relatively surprising preseason. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Got uh, it. Happened. Now, it took Rodgers going down after four snaps to make it happen, but whatever. Mike uh, Darbrand, Jordan Love would have a higher PFF grade than Aaron Rodgers. Well, as we've discussed before, void or not, I think we have to give him credit because oh, Jordan absolutely. Love had an insane grade. Uh, Julian Taddeo Bandy. Jordan Love would have a higher big-time throw rate than Aaron Rodgers. Well, Jordan what, Love's big-time throw than zero. rate. It is. Uh, he had Canadian delicacies on the line. We weren't sure what those were, but either way, he won his bet, so it doesn't matter. Um, all right, Dominic Schreiner. Mac Jones would have a higher PFF grade than, than Aaron Rodgers. Again, I feel like this is a void one. Because Mac this was Jones, close. To <laughs> it was. Where did he end up, Mac no, Jones? He was, at, he was in Ritter territory. Like mid-50s, 40s? Because that, I mean, this one in particular, I don't feel like, I feel like the spirit of the bet would be violated if he won because of that. Like, Jones was awful. We can't, we can't give him credit for that. So that's another. That's a void. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another void, void uh, which I don't have. I just have it in progress. But white means void, essentially. Uh, Ken Horner, um, who was the founder of this concept, the idea that we should have bets Good with for fans. Ken. Ken must, did we give him the lifetime subscription? I don't know. We pretty, he probably should have one for, for coming up with this. Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, would have a better PFF war than either uh, Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter. Well, Mozzie Smith was very bad this year, and Jalen Carter was very good, so that definitely didn't happen. Here's your update. Um, Jalen Carter in the NFC East. Jalen Carter, second in the NFC East in war for defensive uh, interior defensive linemen. So Carter, point two nine. Jordan Davis, 0. 0.09, and Mozzie, negative mm-hmm. 0.02. Not great for Mozzie. No. Uh, it is. There's apparently – Dallas made him lose a bunch of weight and, and like, weren't using him basically as a nose tackle, which is a bit weird for let's draft a big nose tackle to stop our run defense being garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now let's make him play at 295 and not really play nose tackle. It, and you know how I like to listen to the press conferences and hear what they say about the players and their process and everything. Like, they reiterated, hey, we, we have struggled against the run. We mm. never would have made this move 10 years ago, but we think the interior pass, uh, defensive tackle is 
uh, interior run defense is more important than ever and all this stuff. And then, yeah, and he was he had a 31 grade against the run. Um, could not hold the point. Didn't do it well in the preseason. Didn't do well in the regular season. But in, you know, fairness to him, holding the point becomes a lot more difficult when you weigh 295 versus oh, 330 know. or whatever. Like, Don't understand that um, part of it. Hank Lunsford, the Chargers will have a top five run defense this year. Uh, no, they improved. They were not top five. Uh, Drake Kinney, Chicago makes the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs. Toby Howitt, Cincinnati wins more games, one, versus Kansas City than the AFC West. Uh, they are tied over Mahomes' career. Well, the AFC West definitely beat Mahomes this year, and Cincinnati did not, right? Was it Cincinnati wins more games against Kansas City than the AFC West? Yeah, that did not happen. Because they were tied. Like, the Bengals had beaten Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes lost to both the Broncos. The Chiefs lost to both the Broncos and the Raiders. And, of course, the Bengals didn't beat the Chiefs. So, right. yeah. That, so, that was definitely crazy. didn't happen. That was a bold one. That was, that was a, Yeah, it was cool. I liked that one. It was yeah. creative. I like that. Creative. And we said, yeah. we said at the time that he would win that if it was a tie. Like, even if they just won the same number of games, that would be impressive enough as a call that he should win. But, yeah. alas, they didn't. Uh, Eric Carson, Jameer Gibbs would have 600 or more receiving yards as a rookie. Now, I we breaking this one down about how, even if you're the most optimistic yeah. Jameer Gibbs fan, this is a challenging one. The league leader this year in receiving yards for running backs was Brees Hall with 591. So right. nobody even reached 600. That was the thing. Only Eckler and McCaffrey last year were over that. Um, and only like one guy basically in each of the last two years before that. Jameer Gibbs ended up with 316. So impressive year. Not 600 plus. Uh, Nick Tavazzoli. A.J. Brown and Devontae would have more yards than Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddle combined. And Devontae leads the four in receiving yards. Well, Tyreek Hill led the four in receiving yards, so didn't win that one. Very I didn't actually add them up because I looked at that part and like, well, we won. But I didn't actually check if the yardage was close. You want to do that when I'm reading out other ones and see if they actually see if that part hit? Which part? The uh, AJ Brown plus Devonte Smith equals more or less than Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle yardage wise. I don't think that's true. Right, I don't either. But I didn't actually run the number because we won the other part of the bet. Oh, I got what you. What I'm okay. saying is right uh, now, see. while I'm breaking down other bets, you could add those things up on a calculator on the fly, and then we could update people. See at what that I part. can do here. Yeah, perfect. We just well, we're just going to look at regular season. I assume. Yeah. Now this one is still technically up for grabs though I don't think it's going to win Kyle Higgs uh, says that either Brian Branch wins defensive rookie of the year now obviously that's been voted on but it has not been awarded yet um, or Gibbs gets 800 rushing and 500 receiving well as we said he didn't hit that part because he only had 316 receiving but Brian Branch theoretically could still win defensive rookie of the year I don't think he will but it's at least still out there so that bet is still TBD Hill, Hill and Waddle yeah, they, they outperformed by about 300 yards. Right. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, Edward Cornwell. Kirk wins MVP. Uh, Kansas City will be the four seed or lower, and Houston has a better record than Cleveland. He came quite close on two of those. Now, obviously, Kirk got hurt, so that one wasn't there. But Kansas City was the three seed, not the four, and Houston was one win behind Cleveland, 11 versus 10. But that looked like it could come in for a while. The, certainly the Texans won. Like yeah. Texans have more wins than Cleveland. It got close. But the Browns kept winning with their backup quarterbacks. So, 
quick pause here to tell our friends about prize picks cool all right so our friends over at prize picks we have a lineup for this week eli's gone with uh he said a non-research lineup right here vibes lineup straight vibes we're going uh christian mccaffrey more than a half rushing and receiving touchdown this weekend against the packers dalton kincaid more than 39 and a half receiving yards for the bills and then josh allen more than 43 and a half rushing yards that's a huge rushing yard number isn't it can you imagine 43 if, and a half? Uh, more 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 imagine if the mccaffrey one was the one that didn't come in for eli i know particularly because yeah. price picks has an injury insurance policy so it would require somehow him getting less than a yard without being injured no his is touchdowns oh sorry a touchdown that's not without those, being injured it's not one of those yard adjustments it's oh, yeah, not rush. like the time i was wondering what the the little uh the smiley thing is. It's not like that time that Brett Coleman had uh, <laughs> more than a half receiving yard for George Pickens, who finished with negative one receiving yard. That was rough. Yeah. But Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. You play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You could do that. Find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries of some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community every single week. And as Sam mentioned, Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so the entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, you have a player that exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. Use the code PFFNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. Use the code PFFNFL, and you get a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, man. Back to the, back to the bets. Back to the bets. Uh, okay, Jonathan West, Anthony Richardson is top 12. Thanks to Shane Steichen having honed the plan he already created with Jalen Hurts. Well, Richardson got hurt, so it didn't really, didn't really make it that far. Um, Sheldon Allen, Desmond Ritter would have 10 or more rushing touchdowns. Got a few, but not 10. Uh, Jacob Lueck, Luke Musgrave winning Rookie of the Year. Now, technically, this one's open as well, but with C.J. Stroud having the year he had yes. and Puka Nakua having the year he had, I felt like that was conclusive enough that we can call this a win for us, even though theoretically – Luke Musgrave could still win Rookie of the Year. I just find it very unlikely that that happens. Uh, Jason White, Brock Purdy will finish with a better PFF grade than any quarterback from the 2021 draft class. So that's the Trevor Lawrence, uh, et cetera, draft class, which it turns out might have been garbage, despite everybody liking all five of the quarterbacks at the top of that draft. Meanwhile, Purdy ends up having a, a campaign that put him very close to MVP and pushed him into the top five, I think, in PFF grading. So he's at least top six or seven. Right. Yeah. The uh, a reminder: the 2021 NFL draft class: Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, four overall for Purdy. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, coming out of that first, uh, Davis Mills. You know, but that those first rounders, Purdy outgraded all of them, and only Trey Lance of that group made it to the playoffs. Yeah. Who's now the only? He made it. He's the only one from the class as well that's made it to the playoffs every year of his career. Okay. Justified. I mean, justified at three overall. If you think wins are a QB stat, Trey Lance is your guy. Just being on the team. Man's getting you to the playoffs every year. Jimmy Garoppolo is a two-time Super Bowl champion. <laughs> that's true. By that measure. 
anyway, so the Brock Purdy thing was a good shout. He did. Uh, Kevin Enright, the Seattle Seahawks will make the NFC Championship game. Nope. Bears will win the, the NFC North. Nope. And Justin Fields would have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 uh, rushing yards. Uh, that didn't happen either. Also, right? no. Yeah. yeah. So A bold one, though. Over 3. Jordan Smith, the Rams, would have a better record than the Seahawks this year. Uh, they Somebody posted that. The guy, I assume, the person who's Jordan Smith, uh, posted it in the Discord. As like, look, behold. Jordan nailed it, man. I mean, this was, again, re- let's remember what was going on before we the had, season. We had coffee on the line on that one. We didn't win. Coffee in it for us. Damn it. Yeah, of course we accepted that. Uh, but at the time, the Rams, they weren't just in transition it, it looked like full rebuild mode but oh right. by the way you still had Stafford and you still had Donald and you still had but that that is one that was certainly like closer than you might have been closer than the uh, the average in the bets but there was coffee in it for us so we definitely took it oh yeah like you know like we would have taken the I don't know whatever other crazy one that like the Patriots winning five or fewer we'd have taken that whatever but you know the Rams versus the Seahawks, like, eh, Seahawks are better, but it's close. But we can win coffee. Yeah, but coffee's yeah. on the line, so we're absolutely exactly have to it. do it. So, but congrats to Jordan for the, for that. He also mentioned best quarterback, receiver, coach, and pass rusher, and obviously, um, he knew that they had the best receiver, Puka Nakua. The guy that had the the guy that was close with the Houston bet, by the way, like he he had a he, he apparently was betting a hundred dollars worth of coffee for each one of those and went over three. So theoretically, if we're holding the man to his bet, he owes us $300 worth of coffee. Who sent us the coffee already? We got coffee like I, that, yeah, was the, I that was the Kirk Cousins MVP one, I've done right? a bad track of keeping track of all this. I don't know. If you if owe you, us coffee, make sure you yeah, send it send in. Send it in. It's an honor system. I'm running low on the Kirk Cousins failed MVP coffee guy's, hmm. uh, yeah. you know, his contribution. It's an honor system. Send in whatever you owe us. We, we're not really paying I attention. Prefer, uh, Nespresso Virtuo, Virtuo, whatever it is. Yeah, Virtuo. You now want to specify the coffee. That they, they I'm just saying Nespresso has been a life changer for me. Man, if we got 150 bucks worth of Nespresso. <laughs> It would be like six copies. <laughs> uh, okay, Liam Fisher. Jalen Carter will lead all defensive tackles in sacks. Uh, only DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald have had six or more in the last decade as a rookie. Well, he, he spelled Kobe Turner wrong. Yeah, a rookie did have six or more. It just uh, And Carter did as well, right? He had seven, six? Um, anyway, point being, Jalen Carter didn't even end up leading all rookies in sacks, let alone all interior defenders, all defensive tackles. Uh, Kobe Turner had 11 after his incredible second half of the season. Um, did Carter end up with six or seven? I'm trying to get the site to load before I can find that out. Talk amongst yourselves. It'll it'll fire right up here any second now. Here we go. Uh, I got caught up in a Twitter conversation while you're doing that. It's not good timing. Just great podcasting. It's top to bottom. Where the hell is he? Okay, got Let's it. see. Rookies. Have to go rookies now. Jalen Carter, seven. Okay. So he had by seven. our numbers, yeah. Yes, by our numbers. We have which, 12 for Kobe Turner, including the playoff here? Including the playoff. I'm only yeah. doing regular season. Um, yeah, Kobe Turner had 11, as did Ed Oliver. Uh, and then Chris Jones and Justin Matabuike each had 14 in the regular season. So, alas, it was a difficult task for Jalen Carter, even though he started the season on fire. And it generally was. speaking, I mean, DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald, he now joins them as rookies to have – seven or six or more in and their the, rookie season. And the great Kobe Turner. Right. So it was an impressive performance by Jalen Carter, but not quite enough to put him into that kind of air. Richie Ames, Deshaun Watson would be top 10, and the Steelers would be bad of some description. Neither one of those things really happened. So nope. L. Uh, Max E, Daniel Jones enthusiast. 
Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley would rush for a thousand or more yards. That one was always optimistic. I wonder. I wonder if Maxie is still a Daniel Jones enthusiast. I don't know. Yeah. Max, let us know. If Are you, you still enthusiastic about Daniel Jones heading into 2024? Now this one is still open, still up for. Uh, it's it's possible, especially after <laughs> last year. Jordan Peller, Sam Darnold would be the 49ers quarterback in the NFC Championship game. Now the 49ers absolutely look like they're heading to the NFC Championship game and all it takes is an injury to Brock Purdy and Darnold's the guy still on the table we also we have potential coffee on the table mm-hmm. as well so we're you know not so root, we're not rooting for things but we've already seen Darnold come in when Brock Purdy got hurt and got sat down it's get, I mean all it takes one shot to Brock Purdy and the man it's not the not the most careful of quarterbacks in terms of the hits he takes, you know? So it's it's still out there. Um, Austin Callahan was another Bears to win the NFC North uh, one. That obviously didn't come through. Now, he has previously donated bags of food to a local animal shelter and had the uh, – that was his forfeit in there. So hopefully that will be on the way from Austin. Uh, Maximilian Thomas said that Steve beats Sam in game picks this year. Remember, last year you were historically wretched at game picks. i got to tally them up. This includes the playoffs, though. Based, this, this will take us through true. the Super Bowl. Just based on the sporadic updates you gave me, I assume this is very much in your favor. No, it's close. I really? Mean, we, I mean, I would. I may have only updated you on weeks oh, where no. you were trash. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, I'd send you a message on a Sunday night like, I I'm have under nine, the, Harry right. has nine, you and you got four. Yeah. Right. I'm under the impression that I am like way behind no, either I, of you. Halfway through the season, I sent a, I put a tally out there, and we were within three games of each other. Okay. So I think it's close. All right. So that one, you, we need to wait. A, we need to wait for the playoffs to finish, and B, you need to add up numbers. Super Bowl week, we'll, we'll know. We'll, we'll let you okay. know from Radio Row, maybe. Uh, Condor Goulash. Zay Flowers will be the number one graded rookie wide receiver. Uh, that didn't happen. He now, did not know Puka Nakua was here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were several. I think he was number seven or something, So, which I think was where I ranked him, right? Heading into the – Stop it. I'm, not just, just, I'm just saying. Seventh in grade, I think he was my seventh-ranked wide receiver. Rookie wide receiver grades. Let's see. Uh, during the regular season, Puka Nakua, yep. Rasheed Rice, yep. Tank Dell, yeah. Dontavian Wicks, Ooh. then Zay Flowers at five. Right just ahead of Jaden Reed, DeMar- DeMario Douglas. Oh, you've got, uh, yeah. Wait, what? Okay. Do we need a filter? Grade. I have receiving grade on, and a receiving grade he drops. Overall grade. Yeah. Receiving, he drops another two Puka, Rasheed, Tank, Wicks, Flowers, five. Yeah. Receiving, he drops behind Reed and uh, Douglas. Okay. That's what I was looking at. Well, you're t- Either way, you didn't win. You're not giving him credit for his rushing and... I'm not. Fumble grade. No. Not fumbling. You know? That's true. Uh, anyway, apparently there was coffee on the line there, so, uh, you know, you know what to do. Uh, John K. Daniel Jones will be the best graded quarterback in the NFC. Uh, Did not happen. No. Didn't happen hard. Daniel Jones was not the best graded quarterback in the New York Giants, let alone the NFC. Uh, he wasn't even the second best graded quarterback of the Giants, right? Didn't Cutlets end up with a better grade? Probably. Oh, Cutlets. I want some Cutlets. Yeah, I don't think anybody bet Cutler. Maybe next year there'll be a bet involving We need more Tommy Cutlets. DeVito. Tommy DeVito's in the NFC Championship type of bets. Ooh, yeah. so if you look at passing grade, Daniel Jones was 3 of 3 for the Giants. If you look at overall grade, he does, however, leap Cutlets. He's a runner. Yeah. yeah. Because of the rushing ability. Cutlets doesn't bring the, the Daniel Jones level of rushing threat to the table. Uh, oh, dear. Michael Araklian. Uh, Eagles missed the playoffs. Didn't happen. They snuck in. Now they... Now, Should have missed the playoffs. I, I almost want to give this to him. 
Just because of the collapse? They no-showed on Monday <laughs> night. They didn't actually show up I mean, to they, the playoffs. Yeah. Well, they made the playoffs. Whether they showed up to it or not is a different thing. I understand. I understand what the bet was, but it, was, uh, it wasn't actually close. They made the playoffs pretty easily. Right. They had it locked boy, in. boy, did they collapse. I mean, they went 10-1. and one. It was going to be difficult to miss the playoffs from that point. Yeah. Um, again, theoretically, there was coffee on the line, so... Jeremy Lansdowne somehow leads the NFC East in passing yards. That one, so as much as he tailed off and was bad for a lot of the season, I was like, well, he was like leading the league by a mile in attempt. So how close was he in yardage? Uh, ultimately, not that close. He had 3,945 yards. That, yeah. was, that was 12th in the league. Right, whereas Dak ended Despite up. Despite ranking first in attempts. Right, whereas Dak ended up with 4,500 passing yards. So. Yeah. It actually didn't end up that close. Even no, though. there was a point where it looked like it was feasible because he just kept dropping back right. a million times. Uh, Lewis Teacher. Uh, this one was kind of, I had to do math for this one. So his thing was that Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Chargers, and Buffalo would have fewer wins combined than Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Denver, and New England. Uh, they didn't. The reasoning here was that coaching was more important than QBs. Yes. So he was banking on Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton and Bill Belichick to outperform right. the the teams that have perceived better that have better quarterbacks: yep. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the problem he had was that you know there was the Patriots who only won four games, and then no really good team from that side of things. So it ended up not even that close. Lewis Lewis wanted if he had pulled this off, he wanted a signed Steve baseball jersey. Yeah. If he won. Now, I don't own a baseball jersey that I can just, you know, sign and ship. Yeah. But if you send me a baseball jersey, I, pr- I will sign it and send it back. Do you think... Do, do Sunday, self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. And I will throw it into the envelope and throw it back. I, uh, I, do Steve Palazzolo baseball jerseys exist just out on the marketplace? Is that a thing somebody it's can buy? Almost certainly no chance. Because, like... Somebody found a, like a stack of your baseball cards somewhere on eBay. There are card collectors who continue to pepper us. I have a guy that Facebook message, messages me every few months yeah. asking for autographs. Yeah. And some people send me cards. They, I got mailed <laughs> cards a couple weeks ago, maybe from the same guy. But there are card collectors wow. who send us stuff, still looking for it. Like they've got to complete their 08 Connecticut Defenders set or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, I had one fan one time. Bring a jersey to a game. Don't know where he found it. Don't know where he got it. Yeah. But he brought a he brought a jersey to me, uh, to 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 sign at a game. He was a big fan of mine. That was it. I've I've got so in my career, I think I have one or two baseball fans. I think it was two baseball fans, and three podcast fans that I've run into. Okay. So we're up to five combined Palazzolo yeah. fans in my the course of my career between baseball and uh, podcasting. Mm. So I assume if he wants the jersey, he's going to have to custom make it himself. And Figure then, out how to get a custom. Yeah, I don't know which team you would choose, but yeah, if you want to send me a jersey, I'll <laughs> I'll sign it and ship it. What back. if it's like one of those, you know, On the PFF. Donna the Donna Kelsey jersey that's like split down the middle, but yours is just like a quilt. It's like patchwork with just <laughs> you know a shoulder and a, a left chest, like, and like a, a Josh McCown, or right? A, yeah, Ryan, yeah, yeah. Right, oh, Patrick. Okay. Uh, ben Grethel said that Irv Smith would have 800 or more receiving yards and seven-plus touchdowns, effectively doubling the production of the last two tight ends that have played in Cincinnati. I liked this one, and another one that I think we accepted because Coffee was on the line. Yeah. Uh, he didn't come close. He had like 150 yards. And it was just nowhere. Again, Irv Smith gets hurt a lot. And Nespresso Odaccio is my favorite. Odaccio. Yeah. 
if, uh, if you know those are the blue ones the blue pods right got it i'm just saying if you're if you've lost a bet and you need to send us coffee darren mcguire dan whelan that's the Green Bay punter who is Irish, first Irish-born punter or Irish-born player to play in the NFL since like the 80s, uh, would have a top five PFF punting grade. Um, eighth. Let me, he came pretty close. I'm going to go to the punting page for the first time this season. Let's first see time what it ever. Looks like. Yeah, he was eighth. So he had a good season. Uh, and he's still going, by the way. 73.9 uh, punting grade. Right. He's no Bradley Pinion. No. Number one this year. For the Falcons. And the man's still swinging in the postseason. So I guess theoretically this shit, let's, let's, let's keep Look this open. Brian Anger justifying his third-round grade with a great season. Let's keep way. this one open because theoretically this could still come in if he has an amazing postseason run, I guess. So he could have an – so to, to jump into the top five, can anybody drop? Um, no. No? So he's got to do it all by himself. All the punters ahead of him have been eliminated. Okay. So look – Daniel Whelan, if he has a great postseason, the Packers go on a run, he could still get himself up to the top five, and then Darren McGuire would win. So let's, let's rework that one to being uh, still open. Adam Wells, Trey Lance starts more games for Dallas than Sam Darnold does for San Francisco. Well, no. Zero, zero. Yeah. And now that only one of them is still playing, it can't win. That is a loss. Yep. yep. Uh, Nicholas Caratura. The Giants would finish in the top half in EPA per play or PFF grade. Uh, the Giants were terrible this year. Or DVOA. Well, we, he <laughs> suggested DVOA, and we nixed that as a, a foreign concept of PFF, as a different company. Um, he said he would donate $20 to the Humane Society if we took the bet, let alone won it. So hopefully that went to the Humane Society. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, Andrew Kidd, the Browns will finish with a top five draft pick. Uh, no. Didn't happen. They were, in fact, quite good until the playoffs, and then they melted down. Uh, Maxim Jansen. Michael Thomas finishes top three in receptions this year with his comeback after years of injuries. Uh, how many catches did Michael Thomas end up with? I don't know. I thought he'd be— I mean, he played quite a bit. He I thought he'd wasn't. be one of the more important players in the league this year. Yeah. That didn't happen. He ended up with 63 targets and 39 receptions based off 10 games worth of play. So, so Still battling— Injuries and everything. Yeah. At least featured in a way that he hasn't really in the last couple of years, but did not jump back to being Michael Thomas. Uh, Jacob Ladd or Laid, three out of the four AFC North teams finished with the same record. Now, all four of the teams in that division had a winning record, but each one of them, I think, had a different record. So, did nine happen. and eight, ten and seven, eleven and six for the Browns, eleven and six, and then twelve and the Ravens, thirteen and four 13. for the Ravens. So, different. Record for each one, but all should have said they all finished with winning records. Then you would have won. Then you would have won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew Bodner. Oh no, hang on. I've Young. Matthew yeah. DeYoung. Matthew DeYoung. The Chargers would have a top five offensive line in PFF rankings in both run blocking and pass blocking. Well, they finished, I think, 16th in overall PFF offensive line ranking, and that didn't happen. I just have the team, not offensive line, pass blocking, and run blocking grades handy right now. Chargers finished 13th in pass blocking. And much lower yeah. in run blocking. It last. Was, was last. <laughs> Dead last. Yeah. So not particularly close on that one. Uh, now, Matthew Bodner, Dak gets benched. Didn't happen. I love the ones where there's just like a quarterback that people love and a quarterback that people hate. Mm. All in the same 
all in the same thing. Right. Dak's going to be great, or Dak's going to just straight up get benched. Daniel Jones is going to be a superstar. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be a superstar. <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to get benched. Daniel you know Jones, what? in fact, is going to look like ass, even compared with other bad quarterbacks on the same team. Uh, Joe Washington. Mac Jones would have a higher PFF grade than Aaron Rodgers. Now, again, I feel like this is, happened. is void. I just feel saying. like it's void. The Rodgers bets. The only time it, the Rodgers bet is not void is where spiritually I feel like we should reward a Jordan Love faith-based bet because he was amazing this year, yeah. at least certainly in the second half of the year. Um, but the trashing Rodgers yeah, ones, we Yeah, but can't. the ones where it's like Rodgers, the Jets-Rodgers thing will just be a bad, it won't work because Rodgers is terrible. The, you know, I can't, can't. Well, how about that? We could roll it over. We could roll it over to next year. We could. That we could what would what would prize picks do? What would prize they would, picks do? They would negate it or something. We could roll well, they it over. Have, they have an injury insurance policy. Yeah. If your player leaves the game in the first five snaps and does not return for the remaining 1,000 snaps, your player is rebooted. Aaron Rodgers left in the first half of the season. Yeah. In the first half of the first half of the quarter. He did not quarter, return. He did quarter. not return. He threatened to, but did not did come not back. Did not return. He was active, but he did not return. He was very active. Yeah. Every week on McAfee. In show. several different ways. And I would say this might roll over to next year if okay. you accept. So we, in so. fact, reboot those Rogers bets. Rebooted for right. 2024. Nolan Olszewski. Uh, Mike Evans misses 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. Did nope. not happen. He got it again. Metronomic Mike Evans got his 1,000 yards. Uh, Danny Glasser. Harry will finish with a better record in picks than Sam. Any number is acceptable. Harry, I gotta look. I gotta look up his picks. I gotta look up Harry's picks. Yeah, so that's still so in that's progress. That's another one that's still Super in progress. Super Bowl week, we'll have the announcement. And then the final and most painful one: the Arizona Cardinals will win more games this season than Ireland at the Rugby World Cup. Now, at the time, I calculated that this would almost certainly require Ireland progressing past the quarterfinal stage, which they did not do. So Arizona won four games and Ireland won three. They're three pool games. And wow. then lost their fourth. Wow. What a bet. And they almost certainly would have won the fifth as well had they made it past the fourth. So it's literally that game was the difference, as was, as was almost certainly calculated in a sick Saw-esque way of <laughs> trapping me in this hell by Matt Bowen. So he of wins. our eight losses this year now. Two of them are based off of Ireland losing Failing the one game that they were always destined to fail in the quarterfinal of the Rugby World Cup. Yes, that is, that is the case. I appreciate your optimism at the beginning of the season, though. I wasn't even necessarily optimistic about it. I just, you know. You had to take it. Yeah. Ouch, that one hurts. Yeah. Also because yeah, we thought Arizona might win two games anyway. They ended up with four. Yeah, I mean, they thought. ended up with at least a win, maybe more than we thought they would get. But it did. It was always coming down to that one quarterfinal game. And at last, that went against me again. So that's a bit of a kick to the balls. <laughs> it's a good way to finish this. I love it. So that was fun, man. That was the second year we've done this. And it's just a, it's a really fun preseason episode because, um, you know, everybody can kind of put their money where their mouth is, come up with some with some fun takes and picks and we get to track them and, and see how we did eight people won yeah technically by the way Darnold did in fact start a game this year he got the week 18 start oh he did that's right either way Darnold wins Lance didn't so the bet doesn't win yeah that's one that one's over right weird he said yeah you're right we screwed that up good stuff man that was fun yeah we have anything else uh, we want to do so. today 
Do we have any? Do you want to just ramble and talk? (laughs) Ramble. Oh, we haven't pushed people to vote for us again. Yeah, people got to vote. I did it on my phone yesterday, so I've I've voted for. We're gonna we're gonna lose this vote because we are so bad at reminding people to go and vote for us. You need to. Everybody should tell ten friends. It's like a chain letter. Tell ten friends to vote for us. And if you don't, bad things will happen to you. Yeah, yeah. Seven years of bad luck. Don't break the chain. Yeah. Don't break the chain. Uh, PFF NFL podcast is a finalist for the best American football podcast. We need this award. We need this award we to just prove to management that we are that we're doing good stuff over here. Mm. We need to prove to upper management over here at PFF to respect. It's validation. Podcast. It's validation. You yeah. know, people people like the, you know the work should be its own reward. But sometimes you need an award, right? Now this this one we stole. We stole an award last year. And now we're up for a real, we want a real one. We want to replace this stolen one. With a real earned award. Yeah. So we need your help to go vote for us. You will find the link to go vote either in the description of the show or it is still my pinned tweet at PFF underscore Sam for a direct link to go and do it. You confirmed that apparently they fixed the phone thing. So you can do it from your phone now. You can, in fact, vote from your phone. Not It doesn't have to be desktop. Yeah, I, I, I voted for us twice now, so I've done it from my <laughs> desktop and on my phone. I did it on the phone yesterday. It's pretty easy to do, right? You scroll down, click the thumbs up. You just got to put in an email address. You don't have to sign up with a newsletter necessarily. Yeah. Boom, you're in. But previously, it. it didn't work on the phone. You had to do it by desktop. It was clunky now. on the phone. Now it's good now, though. Now Go down, give us that vote, please. We love so, it. So, yes, appreciate we it. would appreciate any and all votes because we would like to win an official award. Drake Holiday wants us to ramble and talk about football. There, there are some questions in the chat. Oh, so. we didn't get your... I, I had to go. I had to go on British television last night to talk about the transition of Lewis Rees-Samet to the NFL, oh, the International awesome. Player Pathway Program. And they emailed in looking for either one of us, but you didn't, you didn't answer. So I had to take it on your behalf. Oh, I I would, you're, I, you're like the foremost expert. This is finally... I feel like the people would like to know what your take on it is. I've already seen some of your takes, so I don't want to... <laughs> Just take them? It's Come on, a, what, what is your take? What I do you think, think? I think it's a different level of physicality okay. that you have to uh, adjust See, to. See, that wasn't my take. I didn't it's have It's a different that. level of physicality. Uh, Skill set-wise, you know, there's some running back wide receiver hybrid in there. Okay. So it's probably... Cordero Patterson style? That might be... We were struggling to come up with a uh, similarly shaped. I want to see some highlights. Let me see some highlights. But I think you, have, you probably have to lean running back first. It's the easiest position to adjust to. You know, take a handoff, run to space, right? Just go run. And then the nuances of the passing game will have to, you know, you have to get there. Yeah. We were trying to come up with a, because what's different about him relative to some of the other guys that have tried to make the switch is he's much more wide receiver shaped than running back shaped. You know, mm-hmm. Christian Wade previously was, I forget what his dimensions are, but he's much shorter, much stockier. Uh, Reese Zamet is 6'3", 200-ish, right? The, the listing ranges, but let's call him 200. Uh, is he a legit 6'3"? Yeah. We were struggling to come up with, um, with comps for a running back that was 6'3", 200. You find running backs that are 6'3", but the ones that are are 220-whatever-plus. You don't find guys that are 6'3", 200, or 195. Yeah. Even like Jalen Hurd, if you remember, Tennessee running back turned slot receiver at Baylor, turned 49ers draft pick, right. was a 6'4", maybe taller, 6'4", maybe 215 pound running back. And he had to move to receiver because that even felt slight and right. maybe too, too high cut for running back. And a guy, Cordero Patterson, who just jumped to mind because you were talking about receiver running back hybrids i mean he's six two so even he's shorter but he's 220 like he's yeah. big so either reese Ammett needs to find 20 or 25 pounds worth of muscle 
to play running back or we're talking about a different position, which is likely, I would think, wide receiver, but probably more realistically some form of special teams ace, you know, return man slash gunner. The scary thing about receiver, and sometimes it sounds easy, like just throw the athlete out there. There is so much nuance to the receiver position. And, you know, we joked about like Jalen Rager a few weeks ago about how, how often he's not on the same page as the quarterback. And when you're not on the same page, that costs you a turnover. That is an interception. Yeah. That is a difficult position. It is. It's difficult because, so, I mean, Jalen Rager is a great example because athletically he's elite. I mean, he had really good numbers workout wise, and yet he's one of the worst receivers in the NFL. So you're like, okay, Reese Samet has legit speed. He's got like a 10, four something hundred meter time, which is fast. It's not, you know, it's not like Olympic caliber or anything, but it's pretty damn quick. So he's got like legit speed. Um, but is he faster than Jalen Rager? Like at the thing that we're saying he's great at, is he even better at that than a guy like Jalen Rager? Probably not. And has no starting point from learning wide receiver. Now, the counter to that is if you listen to Jordan Mailata talk about what he knew before he sort of went in this direction, the, the international pathway program, he knew nothing like zero, absolutely nothing. And in the course of this like boot camp to learn football, went from there to being close enough that a guy like the or somebody like the Eagles a drafted him and b then thought he could become the player he's become and he's now you know a 65 million dollar contract type of guy so you can get from a starting point of zero to a sophisticated understanding of the game enough to be able to play at that kind of level including all the nuances I just don't know how likely that is to happen when you consider how important that is it's really shocking that someone like Mylotta can do that because like in baseball they will take a shortstop or an outfielder who has a great arm and just when they can't hit anymore just try to make him a pitcher and those transitions actually work and there's a lot of like nuance and detail to pitching but at the end of the day if a guy doesn't have bad habits just putting him on the mound and saying hey go throw fast could work right and it does with pitchers I'm shocked that it could work at something like offensive tackle that is not just like hey go be an athlete because there is so much technique and um it is it is way more technique driven even than something like pitching pitching which is technique driven but it's also like more natural athleticism where i think offensive tackle is both so i think that's even more impressive that my was able to do that and i would say like again receiver it would be a challenge but a running back position you could probably just go be an athlete run to space right and, that's and, why i and think get past you know in yeah as you're learning, not that there's not nuances to the position, but as you're learning. I mean, there are running backs in the NFL that I don't think have a great understanding of, you know, blocking schemes and all the things that are happening around them, but they understand enough to like, they're good enough athletes and good enough instincts to just find a gap and make positive plays that way. And if they hit the wrong gap, it generally speaking doesn't matter. Like you might occasionally draw a holding penalty because you hit the wrong gap and the offensive lineman's leverage is wrong and blah, blah, blah. But generally speaking, it, there's no consequences to you sort of messing up other than you're not productive, right? Whereas if a wide receiver messes up, the quarterback could throw an interception because you messed up and he's on a different page to you, and that actually has real consequences. So I do think it's definitely more of a problem, the mental side of things. But I think somebody like Mylata shows that you can get from nowhere to like NFL level of understanding of what you're doing um, it's just probably not that easy. Now the question becomes, can you do that and learn all the technique and the intricacies of the position, all that kind of stuff? And that just feels unlikely. I think the most likely scenario for him is he ends up as 
a special teams sort of project plus wide receiver gimmick and he ends up on a practice squad for a year because they get the sort of the bonus spot right they get the exemption so they can carry him on a practice squad he'll be in somebody's training camp he'll get cut he'll go through waivers he'll end up on the practice squad as the uh the exempt player and then probably yeah probably doesn't go any further than that but who knows um, I did want to answer a question in the chat about Gardner Minshew. Uh, there's a couple questions about ESPN's QBR and our grading and what the differences are and then why a guy like Gardner Minshew is way lower for us than he is QBR. Um, I can't speak directly to QBR, but I'll, I can tell you what I know about QBR. It focuses uh, on air yards. So air yards are valued. Rushing yards are valued. It's tied to EPA. Um, so if you have a – like the Luke Musgrave completion – by Jordan Love, busted coverage, probably 30 air yards or whatever. Right. I think I think they're just going to look at that and say, that's 30 air yards, that's good. And they're not going to differentiate between, say, that pass and the touchdown that Jordan Love threw, which was fading away, you know, hitting a dude perfectly in stride. Those might show up similar in that um, in that grading system. Whereas ours is going to say, well, the Jordan, the Jordan Love touchdown where he faded away and put the ball right head high under pressure – was better than the busted coverage 30 yards air yards ironically espn is actually a better uh a better target of the criticism of well this is what happens when you let a computer grade football because their win rate stuff the pass blocking pass rushing is literally a computer is algorithmic based off the tracking data as i think is qbr right there's no like human the humans go in and they adjust um, they do look at drops. They do chart drops and everything. Okay. But again, my understanding here, and I know you know Brian Burke who made it, and you know Seth Walder who does a lot of the writing about it. I you know interact with those guys, their colleagues. I'm pretty sure when they look at drops, they don't do it the same way we do. They don't assign the same credit for the throw. Right. I think they might just negate the negative part. But of generally the throw. speaking, their data stuff, whether it's QBR, whether it's win rate stuff, is all a- algorithmic. It's the, all the win rate stuff is algorithmic. That's that's taking tracking data right. and using an algor- algorithm. The pl- uh, QBR is using some level of human element to like, is this a drop? Is it not? But, but it, that but would it's be only, the other. Yeah, but only in terms of like it's just folding in some of the charting that is done Correct. by humans. But it is. But the, it's the autom- thing like, itself is automated yes. and algorithmic. But an air yard is an air yard. Right. A yak is yak. Rushing yards are rushing yards. Whether the you know the defense completely busted or not, whatever it might be. So those are a couple of things. The other part I would say is again, we look at Minshew had a high turnover worthy play rate. It got better as the year went on, but he only had nine picks. Right. He had a couple fumbles in there. But the turnover-worthy plays, we look at the throw. We will, we will give you the minus 1.5. We'll give you a bad play, even if it's a dropped interception. Again, I don't. ESPN might say that was a dropped interception. That you know, that's a negative. But they're not saying that should have been an interception. Let's downgrade him what he should have been. So ESPN's more results-driven. They're going to look more. They're going to pull the result more from the box score, or the EPA, the actual EPA on the play, even if it had nothing to do with the quarterback. Well, we're going to look more at the quarterback. And I think that's why, at the end of the day, the PFF grade is more consistent year to year. Hmm. Um, so that's one. And the Minshew thing, I can't speak to more specifics there. I think he had he had some rushing value in there that ESPN weighs highly. And again, I think he just got away with a bunch of turnover-worthy plays that we dock him for that, that they made, maybe didn't. 
Waltz in the chat says some crazy things, and I think generally speaking, he gets a disproportionate amount of airtime on the show than maybe he deserves. But every now and again, he comes up with an absolute banger. And <laughs> going to Walt, ESPN's been all downhill since they fired Mike Ditka. That's, that that's was true. the watershed moment. That's true. They got rid of Mike. Since <laughs> then, since Ditka. it's just been heading down. It's been heading south. Just like the Bears. I mean, you get rid of Ditka, it's never good. It's been never heading good. rough. Heading rough. Anything else we want to ramble about? I don't think so. You want to just like just Q and A session with the chat? Like, what are you what are you aiming to get to here? I got to get home. My wife's got an appointment. She's got to get to. I can't remember what time it is though. Perfect. Yeah. Well, then I got a few minutes. I got a few minutes for Q and A. Yeah. I don't know how much Drake Holiday wants us to ramble and talk about football. Bill Belichick. You know, how weird was that seeing that he interviewed for a head coaching job? Yeah. With the Falcons. I mean, they talked. They termed it that because that's like the the. That's just the parlance now. But it just sounded like him and Arthur Blank kind of had a conversation, you know, and Bill pitched him some general ideas. And then they were like, all right, let's, let's circle back later. It didn't feel like, like a, you know, they didn't sit him down for like an official. It didn't sound like a standard interview, you know. Christian asked if you start a franchise tomorrow, are you taking Stroud or Love? Damn. I don't know. I, I mean, Love, I think, has shown better play. At this point, on the other hand, he's had three years sitting on the bench and learning, whereas Stroud is day one out of the box. Yeah, so this is where, you know, if last week, Jordan Love graded better than C.J. Stroud. And for the season, Love was higher than Stroud, right? Um, I would probably take Stroud. I mean, just right now, in first instinct, I would take Stroud. Yeah. Because what he's done I right don't out know. of the gate as a starter is really impressive. Jordan Love has hit a level in the last five six seven weeks that is so high it feels like it has to be fake that, you know what i mean i was gonna say the same thing it, it feels too good but if it Can isn't he actually do that yeah but, i mean if yes like if he is in fact this good he's the answer right because if he's this good he's immediately in the category of like he's put himself on the level of mahomes josh allen joe burrow already it's just that he's only done it for a few games and it's like when you know that that's the level you're in you're automatically assuming that he's probably not going to be at that level the whole time because almost nobody is. But if he's actually able to be at that level, like if this, if he's reached that point now, he's the answer. I just, I can't be sure that that's true until I see it again next year. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I love is playing so well since whatever the cutoff point is. And, and analytically, that's dangerous, yes. right? You can't just, well, right. since Thanksgiving. But when it's the first time a guy has played and you know there there is this element to okay you know you know the light you know the light went on something something switched i guess the the uh, the counter to that is last year at this time we were saying the same thing about trevor lawrence i'll also say that the level of play jordan love has had is higher than trevor lawrence has ever had this is insane love is unbelievable right now but at the last year at this time we said well if you take trevor lawrence back to week 8 week 9 yeah he's become Maybe not a top five quarterback, but that top eight, at least, quarterback that, that you're expecting and, you know, there's potential to grow. And he never really took that step this year. So it doesn't always mean it's going to be this you yeah. know, continued ascent. But, man, the, the run that Love is on is just is out of this world. Yeah. It, it, it's always dangerous to just pick a point in the season and say, you know, from this moment on, he's this level. Therefore, that's going to be it going forward. I, and it's such a high level that you automatically assume – there's going to be regression and he's going to come back down to earth a bit. But as I said, if he hasn't, like if this has just been his development arc and he is now 
the second half of the season version of Jordan Love forever. I mean, he's, he, he, he's the guy you would choose. Because also, by the way, bear in mind that he's doing this with a bunch of wide receivers that are all like second year or earlier, right? They're either rookies or second year receivers. If those guys get even better next year, and instead of just, well, they're useful enough and they're all vaguely impressing relative to expectations, if they like jump forward in year two, and now we're talking about like, this is one of the best young receiving cores we've ever seen, and Jordan Love is still playing at this level. Well, he's going to look even better. Yeah, there's. It's very interesting. Uh, one more thing I want to shout out: the, uh, the you know the big data bowl. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the the one on whether or not to spill or to uh, set the edge to box spill or dent the puller. It was a really good study. So this you know the big data bowl they uh, the NFL puts it on every year and aspiring data scientist you get this data you know the same data set and you have to solve a problem um, i don't actually know what the problem was but one team tried to solve the idea of when a team is uh, on a running play and you're playing defense and it's a power counter type of play so there's a puller the one of the questions a defense has to answer is how does the end man on the line of scrimmage handle the puller mm-hmm. there's a couple different ways to do it right you can set the edge and stay outside and everybody else has to fill the gaps inside or you can spill wrong arm however you want to call it where you're trying to get inside the puller knowing that you're gonna have a teammate get outside and take contain or you could just straight straight up try to dent it and you know compress the edge whatever it might be but they used big data to kind of study that and look at based off of if it's seven man front and this type of run concept what the optimal play would be using epa and it's pretty good i mean it's is very informative because a lot of times when you get the big data stuff, there are people who don't actually know a lot about football, but they're data science geniuses, and they actually and they still come up with pretty good stuff. This was a great combination of knowing ball and then adding the data to it and actually solving a problem that is, you know, act- actionable basically for for coaches. So I, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I'll forward it over to you. It was it was making a lot of traction on Twitter yesterday because you know like, uh, Chris Brown from Smart Football was on there and other people tweeting it out is it's it was pretty cool uh now the important questions are coming in goat scrot great name if you had the choice would you pick cake or pie as a dessert oh cake right cake is the answer absolutely cake. pie is in fact overrated as a dessert the debate is more like a cake or a cupcake like that's what my mm. kids debate for no, uh that's not a debate i'm just it, it it's closer than pie pie is one of those things that's very american you know like cinnamon. You guys have an unhealthy fascination with cinnamon and peanut butter. And these are all things that the rest of the world finds confusing. So when you come to the States and it's like, oh, we have a big, you know, th- a holiday, time to break out seven different varieties of pie. Everyone is like, what? Why? What's wrong with cake or other types of desserts that everyone else eats? It's a very American peculiarity. Yeah, the answer is absolutely cake. That being said, I did have, uh, you know, those milk bar people? that do, they ship cookies uh, nationwide. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a pie that, it's, it, it's got a colloquial nickname of like crack pie or something, because it's supposed to be like crack. So, so you know, you need more, gotta have it. Understood. Uh, I forget, I don't know what it is. It's a weird, but it's, it's tasty, it's nice. That's good, that's good pie. Crack pie. Yeah. Um, speaking of sending food across the nation, we might have a special offer coming up soon. We might have the ability for you guys mm. to order some really good food yeah we'll let you know soon it's professional tease right there Mm -hmm. one more thing to highlight the uh the mock draft it's mock draft sim season 
right? 24 teams have been eliminated. And when you're eliminated, there's nothing better than mock drafting. And right now, we've got a promo code for the PFF Mock Draft Simulator. 30MDS is the promo code. So 3030MDS. You get 30% off annual subscriptions. Draft your favorite team with the Mock Draft Simulator. Personal uh, personal endorsement of the MDS. Here's mm. my personal endorsement. I personal use it every endorsement, day. Huh? Yeah, that's what I do. I use it every day to mock draft. You get to see who would I take in the first round. So you can mock for every team. You can just do your team, do a seven-rounder. It's all over at pff.com. So you get 30% off your PFF subscription using that promo code 30MDS. Nice. Well done. Smooth. That was my personal endorsement. That's great. Absolutely. Anything Can't else here? It. We got any other questions in the chat before we wrap it up? Well, uh, Drew Forsyth is, is qualifying. Don't the British make small pies during the holidays, mincemeat pies, which technically they do, but I would... I would suggest that that is not an indication of an overall, certainly sweet pie obsession. They are simply a Christmas-specific thing. Uh, now, you broaden it to savory pies, that's where the Brits get weird. Because they're all about the pies. Pie and mash, steak pie, steak and ale pie. Like the Brits, savory pies, they have a bit of a problem. You're talking about the but sugar. Sweet pies sweet is pies. an American issue. Like overall, generally? Yeah. Or just at holidays? No, 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 like overall. Like you have... I think you have a an institutional national uh, over focus on pies as a dessert. Substance. As American as apple pie. Yeah. Crazy Brits. Crazy Brits. That's what Barry says. Mm. Not me. Mm, he's not wrong. Not me. I'm not British, so I don't. We can we can trash them all we want. They started this company. They the cra- well, the crazy yeah. Brits. We're here because of him. Yeah. Because uh-huh. of Neil. All right. Is that it? I hope so. I gotta yeah. get home. All right, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Tomorrow, though, it is division round preview time. Four games. We'll be here three, half, four hours. Four game previews tomorrow. Um, and then we'll, we'll, start, we'll start to do some offseason, more offseason driven content. I know you guys have been talking draft and everything, you and Trevor, for a while. But you and I are going to dive into that even more. Might have Jim Nagy on here next week previewing the Senior Bowl. So a lot of good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be time to ramp up the draft content. i got to start watching people again. Yeah, back to it. All right. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. See you again tomorrow previewing the divisional round.